Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Today we're joined by Christine Davis from District Dance Arts, located in Woodridge on Rhode Island Avenue. Welcome, Christine. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about District Art Dance and its mission? Sure. So District Dance Arts, um, our mission is to help you discover your physical and creative abilities through sound instruction and dance. Our tagline is discover what dance can do for you because we truly believe that by learning how far you can stretch or jump or just pushing yourself to sort of accomplish uh, challenges through movement, you really build a sense of um, self-esteem and self-awareness and ambition that is um, just something that you can own. And it's a a process that we think dance is really great at helping people to um, achieve. So how do you think dance benefits children or people in general? It totally encourages people to be creative and to explore their own abilities. Uh, For example, the little ones, um, we start with ages three. We play a lot of dance games where we teach children their basic steps and their skills, but we give them opportunities to create their own movements, to come up with games to play with their, their dance partners and friends in class. And that way, they get to exhibit their own understanding of movement. And I think with dance, when you're teaching people of all ages, that opportunity to explore movement in your own body and to um, just be able to express yourself is really a a benefit. Do you uh, offer classes to older people or adults? I know you said you start with children at age three. Do you have adult classes or teen classes? We do. On our schedule this fall, brand new, is a Thursday evening jazz class for adults. It's from 8 to 9 p.m., and it's for dancers of all ages and um, 18 and older in all abilities who maybe have had dance before or just kind of want to see what jazz is all about or just get moving again. Um, We've got that class brand new for you. That sounds great. Do you all offer classes at all dance levels, all levels from beginner to expert? We do. Um, Most of our students now are younger, and they tend to range to beginners or maybe about five years of previous experience. We're a new program. We've been around for uh, what will be two years this fall. So a majority of our students reflect um, that earlier dance experience ability level. And do you offer individual dance training or just uh, the group classes? Just our group classes right now. That's great. How many dance teachers are on staff and what types of uh, classes do you have? We are now up to three teachers on staff. We've just expanded. And, yeah, we're really excited about that. We're so, so excited to have a new person. She's really great and ready and eager to meet all the kids. Um, we offer ballet, tap, jazz, hip-hop, creative movement, and we also offer combination classes for the younger dancers, so like a pre-ballet or a pre-tap class for the little ones that are just now getting started with dance. So how did you get into dancing, and what made you decide to become a teacher of dance? 
Oh, I've been dancing for about 27 years at this point. <laughs> it started off with something to do when I was little. My mom just wanted to put me in an activity, and she had no idea it was going to become my whole life. <laughs> so I, I grew up dancing in Pittsburgh and was in a um, professional contemporary company there for a few years and a few other companies while in college. And I always really enjoyed opportunities to work with the kids in our youth companies or to teach out in the community, and there was just a something really energetic and inspiring about working with the kids and seeing that light bulb come on that made me want to see how I could teach more and really create a program to help more kids turn on that light bulb switch. <laughs> Does district dance arts offer trial classes for new students? We do. Um, we always start off the season with a free preview week of classes. Uh, the fall, or actually the 2015-2016 season, um, it starts on September the 8th. And we are going to do free preview classes from that Tuesday, September the 8th, all the way through the next Monday, September the 14th. So anybody who's interested can come, sign up. You can try out any class you're interested in for your age group and see if it's something that you want to do. Um, but if you're not able to make that week, um, just give us a call and schedule a trial and come see if you, if you like the program. That's terrific. That's terrific. What would you like to see for District Dance Arts uh, for the future? Anything that you can tell us about? Well, I know you said you've just hired uh, mm -hmm. a new person, so that's exciting. New classes. Yeah, new classes. Um, so many things. We have so many big goals for our students and for the community. Um, one of the things we would like to see is a pre-professional student company. Um, we know that not every student that comes to dance wants to make a career out of it, and that's fine. Um, they will still receive the, the best training we can give them, but we also know there are some kids that want that extra push or that extra performance opportunity. So in the future, we plan to assemble a pre-professional troupe that could go on to college or on to a professional company and um, further their career, and they would have performance opportunities and concerts and master classes. Um, we also would love to expand our uh, specialty services. Uh, we've done a few of the services now through first dances for weddings, um, custom first dances for Ooh, couples. It nice. is so much fun. Couples come in kind of scared. There's usually one that's terrified and one that's super pumped. And we create a dance that uh, fits the music that they want, the style. So that is sort of an individual Yeah, lesson. Yeah, so we definitely would love to do some more of those in the future. So we're going to see your choreography on YouTube any day now. Absolutely. We have some links to some that we've already done and we can share through our website. Fantastic. <laughs> so how often do you have performances and are they open to the community? We have two performances a year. Um, we always have an informal demonstration in-house at the studio at the end of the fall semester. This year that's going to be on December 19th. Write that down now in a couple of months early. <laughs> you can't schedule anything over it. And that's at the studio where the kids do sort of a show and tell of what they've been working on and then a preview of what you're going to see at the larger end of the year performance, um, which is always the first weekend in June. So it sounds like the classes run from September through June? They do. We start, uh, this particular season starts on September 8th and it wraps up with our main stage performance on June 4th, 2016. Marilyn and I went to one of, one of your kids' end of year performances and it was Absolutely adorable. <laughs> Thank Absolutely. You. <laughs> they, you know, you're talking about the, the kids that um, kind of do their own thing uh, mm -hmm. the, at the, that early level. It was, it was fantastic because it was right there. They were doing. There was there was a couple of little kids that were, they were dancing definitely to their own thing, <laughs> but it was adorable. 
So District Dance Art is located in the Capoeira Dance Building, is that correct? Correct. We're at the Capoeira spot. And that's 2008 Rhode Island Avenue Northeast in Woodridge. If our listeners want to find out more about District Dance Arts, where should they look? Well, you can come to our website at www.districtdancearts.com. You'll find out all the news and updates. You'll see our schedule for the fall and spring and registration. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, But if you want to give us a call, we love to talk. You can reach us at 202-417-6780. What a novel idea to call on the phone. (laughs) Never goes out of style. Never, never. (laughs) Well, thanks again, Christine, for coming in and telling us about District Dance Arts. Sure, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. We are joined today by uh, ANC representative for 5007, Commissioner Nolan Treadway. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Sure. Commissioner Treadway. Uh, Nolan's also my neighbor, so I have to call him Nolan every now and then, too. Um, So one of the reasons why we wanted to chat with you today is uh, ANCs have obviously an important role for the the neighbors in a community and in your in your single member district um but you know many many of the single member districts also have a commercial area uh and yours is a prime example of that you your district overlaps um sections of rhode island avenue main street from 24th yeah. to 18th yeah south dakota all the way uh down to the new library at 18th Great, great. So that's a that's definitely uh, Woodridge, you know, downtown, and a big part of uh, of Rhode Island Avenue. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's let's talk a little bit about what um, a commissioner's role is and how how commissioners can uh, be of benefit to the businesses in their district. Sure. Well, it certainly depends on the commission and the neighborhood. Uh, some commission, some, you know, my district covers. Uh, Obviously, the commercial districts, some are more residential, so it sort of depends. In my case, you know, on Rhode Island Avenue, um, a lot of – when I started going around in 2012 and talking to neighbors about what they wanted, a lot of what they wanted was um, to see the avenue come back. They wanted to be able to, you know, do the things that the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street has sort of made happen as far as being able to walk to get services and um, just bring life to the avenue. So, I mean, that was – in my case, you know, that it really straddles both the constituent line and um, the business owner line because there are uh, – obviously the business owners aren't, you know, voters or constituents for me per se, but it's it brings a lot of value to the community and it offers a lot of, um, it you know, benefits for, for the community if that's the type of thing they want to see. And certainly, I mean, even though I, I – a lot of um, – a lot of what spurred me to run for ANC was, was the fact that um, our – our Rhode Island Avenue just wasn't seeming to live up to, to its great potential. And um, and even as I was going around, and even if I wasn't the person to bring it up, you know, time and again, neighbors, um, young and old, folks who've lived here for 50 years and, and for five months, were all saying um, the same thing, you know, that they wanted to be able to get, you know, just walk down the street and get a loaf of bread or, um, you know, a gallon of milk or, or something simple um, without having to go uh, far afield in their car. Right, right. So from from a, a legal perspective, I, I know some of the things that the ANC can deal with uh, or address as part of a commission uh, is uh, zoning issues and um, 
an Abra alcohol beverage. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we um, well the ANC Advisory Neighborhood Commission uh, has what um, is established by DC law, and so we have what is called great weight um, to weigh in on certain cases. And so, um, so the commission itself, I'm one commissioner of seven on ANC five C. My seat is five C O seven, so there's one through seven there. So the commission itself can weigh in and does weigh in, and that's that's one of the main roles of the ANC is to weigh in on um, zoning, zoning variances. Um, public uh, public space permits. So if somebody's putting up a sidewalk cafe or something like that, that frequently will come through the ANC and we'll have the opportunity to comment. And then, um, as you say, alcohol licenses too. So um, as I said, different commissions have different different needs. I think some commissioners across the city are uh, in a battle against uh, liquor licenses. And um, I think out our way, you know, we want, obviously we want responsible owners and responsible um, folks, but we're also very excited to get some of those services out here that our, you know, may, other commissioners across the city may feel saturated by, but we're still, uh, we're still waiting to... Like, like restaurants with, with yeah. wine and beer. Yeah, or good food, which is now, which is selling, um, you know, beer and wine, uh, along with all their other good food market, which I'm sure you guys have, have covered on the podcast, but they, you know... They are selling all this great uh, food and, and everything, but now they can you can also pick up a bottle of wine too. So right. I think that's that's something that neighbors like. Right. How does how does that work? If a if a let's say a, a restaurant is uh, ready to add outdoor seating, and what what is their first step? What do they need to do uh, as far as uh, working with the ANC for? Yeah. Well, I mean, the the ANC largely our role is a liaison between the district government and the community. So that's that's sort of it's it's not necessarily clear what the first step is, but um, um, you I know guess the first step with regards to ANC. Yeah, I mean, you know, people go downtown and you have to apply for stuff, and then we get ANCs will get notices. But the um, you know it's engagement, and so if a business wants to have a sidewalk cafe or um, or something that that may come before the ANC or the community, you know. It's, Talk, reach out to the ANC member um, if they if there are meetings you can just you know show up at the meetings and, and often get folks ear right there if you if you can't get a hold of them um, and a lot of times these meetings are attended by you know the regular crowd it's a sort of a similar group of people so they they see business owners coming um, they see people engaged in the community and that's and that's a positive step and um, I mean obviously it's sort of the goal is to eventually like present and take questions from the community but I think um, you know the first step is really listening a little bit and trying to understand the community that you're in and the folks that are around and then, um, and then telling the, and then, you know, in, incorporating that a little bit into what, um, what you want to do as a business. And then, you know, explaining to folks how, um, how your, how, how that sort of fits their need and fits what the community is looking for. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, that engagement with, with the community is so critical. I mean, that, you know, our our whole point for existing uh, the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street program was to to make sure that that the community had a say in what type of businesses come to the avenue. You know, we obviously can't control the market, but at the same time, um, you know, our I feel like our charter is that we we're to to work attracting the type of businesses that that the neighborhood would support. Yeah. Um, otherwise, why why open a business here, right? And uh, so. So yeah, I, I I absolutely agree. It's really critical for businesses, business owners, to to get involved um, with their ANCs and their and their civic associations. Yeah, and, and it doesn't really... have to be ANC. And as I said, you know, every ANC is different. So maybe it's a civic association in your neighborhood, or 
Um, there's a slightly different angle that you're taking, but um, but the key is just showing up. You know, I mean, if uh, I'll use uh, Carlos as an example uh, from Nito Restaurant, you know, he um, he and actually John from uh, Good Food is the same. Or I'm sorry, uh, Zeke's is the same um, same story. You know, those guys were showing up at meetings and just sort of hanging out and and being seen, um, not necessarily only showing up if they had a presentation to give, but also just sort of being generally willing to help. And then, you know, and then when you do have to come before the community and you do, you are the person at the front of the room trying to pitch your idea or get, get buy-in, um, you know, you're a familiar face and people are a lot more likely to, um, you know, to engage and, and take you at your, trust you a little bit, um, rather than think that you're just coming in to make a quick buck. Right. Which I think is this, you know, that can be the sort of, I think, caricature um, from residents towards business owners. And, but that can be also that sort of wall can be brought down a lot with just a little bit of communication and, and outreach. Right. So uh, we have several large um, residential and mixed-use developments yeah. heading for the avenue. Um, what, what role does the ANC play any, any ANC in a, in, a dis, in a district that's got some major development happening, what, what role does the ANC play in that? Well, there's um, – in the district, there's – I don't know if this is true outside the district, but I, in the district, there's sort of two kinds of development. There's what they call by right, and then there's um, – and then there's the – I guess I don't know – the process through which you would need a variance or you would need to sort of uh, exceed the le- legal limit. So if something is by right, if something – that means that they can essentially just put up the building if the – They'll get issued the permits. There's no sort of uh, judgment as long as they meet the needs um, for the for DCRA, for the regulatory administration, I assume, are the people who do that. Um, if it's not by right, which is a lot of these mixed-use, big uh, developments that you see, condos, apartment buildings throughout the city, um, you know, those will go through a planned unit development process, PUD, planned unit development, or PUD. Um, so, uh, so the ANC is involved in the planned unit development process, and we have great weight. So, in that process, we're heavily involved. We'll, you know, frequently it's a it's over the course of many months. Um, you know, the commissioner typically, because we are divided geographically, typically the commissioner that has the geographic region will sort of act as the sort of default liaison for at least how our commission works. Different commissions have different ways they go, but you know, if the development is in somebody's district, then they sort of uh, lead the charge there. And so, you, you know, it's working with the developer and frequently that winds up being some sort of community benefits agreement. So the ANC has the role um, of, of acting on the community's behalf and, and working with the developer to make sure that the community, things that the community wants to be included or wants along with it or things to ameliorate the development or construction, um, all those things can be put into a community benefits agreement. And the ANC typically is leading the charge there on the community benefits agreement, although Civic associations, I believe, can also register to um, to act on that uh, on that behalf, and other groups can too if you if you put in for it. But right. registering, um, I think it's registering as an affected party. Yeah, and there's and there's very specific uh, ways you can or cannot qualify for that. But frequently, most neighborhood groups, I think, if they're in the neighborhood, usually can get that status. Um, but the ANC is sort of granted that status by default, and frequently are the ones that are. Me sort of working with the community and the developer um, and just making trying to get the whole uh, trying to get the best outcome for everyone involved right right um, i don 't think there's any significant tracts in your single member district no that no it's, for that it's it's interesting because much of my district, as you know from eighteenth to 
South Dakota is those old storefronts and the really great uh, old Main Street. And then um, sort of pretty much, you know, uh, Rhode Island Avenue uh, metro station out to 18th more or less has a lot more of the spaces with big parking lots that maybe aren't um, aren't the most optimal use for those for those lots as um, as Rhode Island Avenue sort of comes back. Right. Um, but, you know, those are, um, you know, the uh, Brooklyn Manor, for instance, um, Brentwood Village. That's not in my district, but that is an ANC 5C, so that's something that we've been working on. So, for example. Right, right, and that's that's a pretty exciting development, I think. Uh, yeah, it's going to um, be great for the neighborhood. It is, yeah, and it's good to, um, I mean, I've frankly been encouraged by the um, by the developer there and just their willingness to work with the community. I mean, sometimes, you know, there'll be cases where people are trying to build just one single-family home, and they need a, sort of a, a relatively small variance, Um but you, you know, some developers just come in with an attitude like they deserve it, you know, and um, and and uh, and I certainly haven't detected that from the folks down at Brentwood Village, which I appreciate. And of course, the um, I mean, I think the main concern there is just making sure that folks aren't displaced and put out. And and that's what I'm sort of referring to. I think they've they came in with the idea of how can we make sure that we treat these people right and keep folks around that are um, that are you know, that have lived there and, and have lived there for a long time. And so, um, and we've worked with them to refine that plan a little bit. There were places where it didn't look like it was, um, it was the most as, you know, efficient or, or as good as it could be. And they've come back with that. So, um, yeah, so, you know, that, then that's a process. That's an example of the sort of, you know, working with the community and the developer and trying to figure out, um, you know, what works for, what works for the most people. Do you feel like the ANC has a, a – I know you mentioned the ANC is basically a liaison between the, the government and the community. Uh, what it, how would you describe the working relationship between the ANC and uh, the, the D.C. Council, uh, the next set of elected officials? Yeah, I mean it's interesting actually because you know, I've never been able to f- sort of figure out what the actual formal relationship between ANCs and council members are supposed to be. And part of that, I think, is because the ANC is covered in one section of law that was passed in 74 and sort of hasn't been looked at since. So, um, so I mean, it sort of depends on the council member and the ANC commissioner, but certainly, um, um, you know, when a lot – you're dealing with – the ANCs deal with a lot of um, constituent service issues, you know, whether it's like trash didn't get picked up or <clears throat> there's a pile of trash on the corner that somebody left or – you know, this house is abandoned, we need to work on it or whatever. So frequently when I get those kinds of requests, I sort of figure out, you know, do I know the agency to go to already? Or or if I don't, then that's frequently when I'll bring in the council member and, and say, hey, I've got this issue. Um, you know, do you know, do you have a contact over in this agency or do you know which agency deals with it or how can, um, you know, how might you address it? Um, obviously they get a lot of constituent service requests directly, the council member, and, um, and so, I, you know, it's... Uh, Try and I try and sort of uh, work with them to make sure um, you know that that I'm fielding the ones that I can and not kicking it up the ladder unless it's uh, unless it truly um, requires that kind of attention, which which it all, sometimes does. And and sometimes we're just not getting I'm just not getting answers from agencies. Um, and you know, ceasing a, a council member's chief of staff or a council member, or you know, just just looping in the, the oversight committee or whatever it is, you sort of learn the. Um, the ways to uh, to push the right levers when you need to. Connection. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, for for clarity, uh, the ANC positions are unpaid. That's right. We are volunteers. You are volunteers. You are elected by your community. Uh, 
the term is two years? Two years, yeah. So I was first elected in uh, in November of 2012, and then I took office on um, January 2nd of 13, and then I was reelected in um, in 14, so I'm in my second term. But um, all ANC terms are two years, so we're up. It's a nonpartisan thing, so it's not on the primary ballot. It's always in the November ballot. Um, it is. Uh, I encourage anyone listening to if the if you have any interest to explore running for ANC um, wherever you live in the city. It's it's a fascinating thing to do, and and it, it is um, it is a lot of what you make of it, you know. So if if you people really have the gusto to um, and to to do public service, you know, and take this on, they can really uh, they can do a lot from the ANC position. Um, but yeah, so it's two thousand people. Each each commissioner represents about two thousand people. So. I'm approximately a seven by seven block radius, um, and um, and and it's it's uh, to run for the position. You just sort of have to gear up the summer before. So if you're if you're thinking about uh, 2016 running for ANC, just start thinking about you want to start thinking about that in the spring of 16, um, and then over the summer you'll you'll need to get petitions from the board of elections, and it's only it's 25 signatures from your neighbor, so that's not that's not too much of a burden, I don't think. Um, and uh, and it's it's fascinating and it's unique to DC. It's some it's a system that um, that I, you know I'm not sure of specific, all the specific origins, but I know that it's pretty unique to have um, folks that are elected in volunteer positions representing just 2,000 people. Um, but it's it's something that makes DC unique and great. Yeah, hyperlocal politics. Yeah, it's uh, it is fascinating, especially in DC, to go from the you know, discussing uh, international affairs in one minute, uh, and then you know the most hyper local of of issues, and um, but but some restaurant once outdoor Yeah, but it's but people you know but but the people are all the same you know. So a lot of times you see it in this context of of national politics or whatever, when really it's a lot more like you know a homeowners association or something. But it's um, <laughs> but it's fun you know. It's never no, certainly never a dull moment. So. Uh... What what would you say has been one of the most interesting uh, or gratifying experiences that you've you've had as an ANC? Um, well, there was one weird. Actually, one of the first things that happened to me that was sort of gratifying. It's really small, but I was there was a guy across the street and down the street from me who um, there's a tree uh, coming up under um, under his sidewalk that he was concerned about, and the sidewalk was cracking, and he was he was trying to get me to get the tree removed, uh, which. By, by the way, is actually a big deal in the district, and you can't. Yes, yes, you don't is. just ask to get the tree removed. They 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 will come out and do the science. So um, the science was done on that tree. It's not ready to come down. So, uh, but one day I'm sitting there in my office, and they um, and the city said they would they couldn't do the tree, but they would repave around it because the concrete had cracked. And I'm just sitting in my office and look out the window, and there's a crew of guys, uh, you know, replacing these few pieces of sidewalk. And it was sort of surreal for me to like look out there and think, oh, well, I actually spurred that to happen. You know, like I had the conversation with the neighbor, worked with the Department of the Environment on the tree issue. That didn't work. So we brought in DDOT on the sidewalk issue and we were able to get something, um, you know, the sidewalk fixed, if not the um, if not the tree removed, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with, but I was willing to work <laughs> on for the constituent. Anyway, um, so that was, you know, on a very small level, it's stuff like that that's always sort of um, – it sort of opens my eyes. I remember there, yeah. Um, but as far on a on a bigger scale, um, one of the things that's in my district is uh, is Langdon Park, which um, over the course of the last two to four years has become um, there's built the Chuck Brown Memorial, mm-hmm. uh, Chuck Brown Memorial Park there in Langdon Park, which was 
somewhat controversial initially, uh, based on um, the city try was interested in putting a, a, a full venue down there with an amphitheater for I think the initial so three thousand or thousand people. Anyway, I mean it was, um, and that was just that was that started that hit the fan right in uh, February of thirteen. So it was a bit of a trial by fire. Uh, you were brand new in the seat at that time. That was yeah, that was um, that was fun. Uh, but it was but what's great is that we were able you know the city um, was able to rework their plans and the neighbors. Um, I mean you know we sometimes um, start from the position of hysteria, but we were able to sort of uh, work with the neighbors and, and come to um, come to a middle ground that worked for everyone. You know, there's a beautiful park there that honors Chuck Brown and his legacy, and I see kids um, I can see kids down there looking at, you know, his the albums that he made and the pictures and the statue and everything, and it's, it's really inspiring to see um, to see kids being inspired by that. So that's really, I mean, so I'm, I'm so glad that we could we could have that in our neighborhood. Um, and that we were able to to work it out in a way that that um, the, where the neighbor it works for the neighbors, and we were able to to really honor Chuck Brown in a way that that is um, worthy of of his legendary status. Yeah, yeah. Um, so any uh, anything coming up on uh, on the calendar for you guys? Uh, well, we're you know the. Um, now the Chuck Brown Park is built. Well, of course, tomorrow is Chuck Brown Day, so tomorrow's Chuck Brown's birthday. I can't believe I was about to miss this. But actually, we're this is going to go out next week, right? Yeah, it'll, it'll be later. So anyway, we just had a great Chuck Brown Day on Saturday. And <laughs> we'll be editing that. It was a blast, and um, you know, it was it's a it's a great it's a great time. Um, but getting back to your point of what um, you know what's coming up in the community next, um, the ANC is on recess in July and August, so we'll be starting our meetings up in September. Um, and there is actually a meeting coming up, a uh, community meeting for the Woodridge Library. So you all have, uh, I'm September sure. September 20th, I want to say. Is it the, yeah, 10th or 20th or something. Um, but it's, um, um, you all have all seen the Woodridge Library and its various states of deconstruction and lack of construction. So we'll be getting an, an update from the D.C. Library on, on where construction's at and when it, when it is to be expected. Um, I, the last I heard was still... It was supposed to be open by like spring of 16 or mid 16, but that just keeps getting pushed back. So I don't know. And I will say for what it's worth, you know, it's uh, in defense of the library and the folks that are building that it's going to be a beautiful facility. And I would much rather have them um, take a little extra time and, uh, and, and check everything twice than, um, than just throw something up there that we're yeah. going to have to deal with in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, the Woodridge, Woodridge library meeting is September 10th. Oh, it's September 10th, yeah. September 10th, 6 to 8 p.m. at uh, the D.C. Center on Aging there on 18th Street. Yeah, right across from the temporary library. And that'll be a, um, a briefing from the folks downtown uh, with the library and probably the um, some of the builders, too, and, and giving an update on what sort of the lags are up to this point and then what's going on um, in the future. And I have to tip my hat. I would be remiss if I did not mention the Friends of the Woodridge Library, uh, who are who is an excellent group, and they do great work. Helping out the library, and um, and they, and frankly, um, the leader of that group, Sharon Turner, has been doing a, a lot more diligence on the construction of that library. I mean, I'm getting information from her, so she, those folks are great, and they do a great job of um, of taking care of of our Woodridge Library. Which... Yeah, Sharon's Sharon's got a construction hard hat in her car that she keeps she... on hand to, to go visit the library. She's site. she's she's fantastic. Yes, she has got them all. Uh, they're 
they don't they don't miss a hammer on that one. Yeah, and I mean that's another thing about ANCs. You know, I mean a lot across the city. I think folks wear different hats in the ANC um, in their community. ANC commissioners wear different hats about what 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 roles they take on, and when fo- when you have got great groups like the Friends of the Woodridge Library who are just so on top of things, <clears throat> and Sharon who's so on top of things. Um, you know, I it, it, it clears my plate to work on other things. You know, yeah. for other constituents. So it's. Um, it's definitely a team effort. I mean, every community has a bunch of different community groups. You know, the Red Island Avenue Main Street. Kyle, you, it's similar with Kyle. I, you know, people ask me, oh, how's this restaurant coming along or how's this going along? And I'll be like, I'll have to check with Kyle because, you know, we have, we have great groups <laughs> who check are. check with Kyle on all kinds of things. Yeah, I know. He's his primary a resource. Yeah, well, yes. But, you know, it takes. Especially uh, when it comes to a restaurant. <laughs> but it takes a village, you know. And so it's great to have different community groups and, and folks filling in uh, where they can and where they're able. And, and, through that, uh, we're able to to do stuff for the whole community. It's a, it's a it is an admirable job you, y'all do. You know, particularly since it's unpaid and uh, all hours of the day and night, you're giving up per- personal time on the weekends and evenings. And on your door, yeah. Probably. And that's uh, I really <laughs> admire that that level of civic spirit and engagement. And uh, well, job. yeah, and I was inspired to do it by seeing other ANCs, uh, other folks who'd run for ANC around the city and been able to do. Great work. So it's, um, you know, it, there's 330, I think, ANCs in the city at any given time. So it's um, it's exciting work, and it's um, and it's fun to do. Yep. Uh, you, you're doing a great job. Uh, thank you for all of your help with, with what we've got going on. You've, you've been a great um, great ally for us and uh, a, a great source of, of um, legal knowledge and, <laughs> and assistance. So thank you for that. Sure. And, uh, so if uh, – if, since we're addressing business owners uh, with this, um, business owner in the in your single member district wants to get in touch with you to talk about uh, future growth or issues that they need to deal with. How are they going to get in touch with you? Well, I've got a website, so the website is just ancnolan.com, A-N-C-N-O-L-A-N.com. Uh, and you can reach me at nolan at ancnolan.com. Uh, you can also that you can also reach all of the ANCs are available on gov, on a dot gov email, so it's five C O seven at ANC dot DC dot gov. But um any you could put fill in any uh anyone's district there to get in touch with them. Um and and yeah, I mean if any business owners are looking to come into Rhode Island Avenue, I would love to talk to them. There's no you know, it's never too early to start the conversation. Um and, and frankly there are uh there are things that you know the main street, or there are things that that different people are better positioned to do than than I am. You know, um, but there are also times that I can help, and certainly, like with with a pat- patio seating at Zeke's or a liquor license or something like that. Like that's a great conversation um, to start early with the community, and so I can certainly be helpful there. And sometimes it's like um, you know you're waiting on DCRA to get uh, you know to get back to you on something, and you know. I, my track record is, is, is hit and miss as far as how much I can get people to move off the dime, but I'm always happy to throw a call somewhere and try and get, get things moving if they seem like they're uh, stuck for unnecessary reasons. So, yeah, and that is, a, that is a fantastic resource, believe me. You know, <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate me. you taking time to come in. Oh, and, gosh. It's been a pleasure. Uh, so uh, Commissioner Nolan Treadway, ANC 5CO7, uh, and uh, all of the – commissioners that work out through the through the district of columbia thank you for your work and your your efforts and uh we'll talk to you soon all right thank you guys
Um, folks, be sure to uh, visit Rhode Island Avenue on September 26th for Porch Fest, live music on Rhode Island Avenue. Uh, you can check the details on our website, www.riamainstreet.org. And we've also got Fall Fest lined up for October 3rd from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, again, all the details on our website, www.riamainstreet.org. And be sure to check us out on Facebook and Twitter as well. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.